This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful that you are here today. I want to let you all know, thanks to so many of you from this podcast, from Instagram, from my Facebook group, we have raised over $1,100 through the Michelob Mile for the Donna Foundation. So thank you so much if you have participated in that. Uh, All right, today you're listening to episode 299. Whoa, I feel like I should do something special next week for 300, but I might just put out a regular episode. Feels like a lot of pressure. Uh, Today's episode, though, is with Patrick Cutter. He is a 234 marathoner, a 72-minute half marathoner, and he does that while also continuing a pretty involved weightlifting routine as well. I found that super interesting because I've been lifting quite a bit in my own life, so I wanted to hear what that's like to train at such a high level running and also include lots of weightlifting into your routine. Patrick is a coach for McCurdy Trained, and he has about 50 athletes on his roster. It was so fun to get to know Patrick. I know Peter Bromka and Esther Atkins, who I had on the show a month or so ago, suggested him for the podcast, and I'm so glad they did. Uh, Hey, if you are enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a rating and review today if you can. That would be a huge help in potential new listeners finding the show, and I'm always hoping to grow the show more, so I very much appreciate it if you've already done so. All right, and want to give you a heads up. Patrick did stay on the line I asked for 10 extra minutes. I think we ended up talking for at least 15, maybe 20 uh, for Patreon. So if you support the show on Patreon, we do extended conversations over there every so often. So every month over there, you get episodes with my husband, Glenn, Lauren Flores, and we do these extended conversations. And actually, ooh, I forgot. I want to announce this. My assistant, Emma, and I have been thinking of other ways we can engage the Patreon community because it means so much to me that people are actually supporting this show financially. So Tuesday, February 9th, for anybody who supports Patreon at a $5 level or more every month, we are doing a live Patreon recording video and everything with Glenn and myself and Emma. Emma's going to kind of moderate and we're going to do a live Q&A and record the show that way. So that'll go live February 9th. We're going to do it at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time. Got to get the kids to bed first. And then if you don't make the live, it'll there. It'll then be dropped on your Patreon feed. So you can just like listen to it as a podcast as well. I am committed to Patreon and my hope is now to start bringing episodes every Wednesday over there. I'm, I'm easing into it in February. So I am loading it up and I'm committed to bringing more content that I hope you love over there. That's patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine if you want to support. All right. Enjoy my conversation with Patrick Cutter. Uh, Today on the podcast, we have Patrick Cutter on the show. Welcome to the show, Patrick. Hi, thanks for having me on. Yes, I'm excited to have you. A couple weeks ago, I guess it's been a month or so now, I had 
Peter Bromka and Esther Atkins on the show. And I can't remember if we were talking on the podcast about it or afterwards, but they both uh, recommended you for the show. So I'm excited to get to know you a little bit and introduce you to my audience. Awesome. Yeah, they're two great runners. I'm glad they recommended me. So I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah, well, I have to tell you, Patrick, I have recently, as of this past summer, started getting into lifting a little bit on top of my running. So um, when they told me about you, I went to your profile and they were like, yeah, he runs really fast, but he's also really into lifting weights too. So um, I'm super excited to pick your brain about that a little bit because I'm not super clear on how to navigate lifting a lot and running a lot. So you'll have to school me and the rest of my listeners on that a little bit. So yeah, I, I kind of not the conventional marathoner, you know, I love to, you know, lift with weights. And I know, I know runners, they do like lower body stuff, but I love to like, you know, go in there, you know, bench press and, you know, build a, a strong upper body. Um, and it's really been kind of trial and error, you know, as I've been running, I've been running for about eight years. So um, before I started running, I was more of a weightlifter. And as I've gotten into marathon, more of a now a runner who lifts. So I'm not as intense as I was with the lifting. But like I said, it's just a lot of trial and error. And um, everyone's different with, you know, how they, you know, some people lift before they run. Some people do it opposite. And then if you're doing, I'm doing like 85 miles a week right now. So it's kind of difficult to find a balance between, you know, lifting heavy and then, you know, keeping yourself fresh for your workouts. Because if you don't, you're going to have a pissed off coach the next day. <laughs> so uh, Mike, my coach, he, he'll, 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 he'll give me a hard time if I go too heavy the day before a workout. So I kind of try to keep those in check. Well, let's talk about your marathon progression a little bit. You're a 234 marathoner. Um, let's start with your history. We won't dig into the details too much, but I know you did a little bit of running in high school, the shorter distances. So mm -hmm. let's start there. And when, when you decided eight years ago that you were going to, um, actually start tackling the marathon. Yeah, so like you said, I was, uh, I was a sprinter in, in high school. I had no ambitions to run anything longer than, um, I think, 800. And I remember one time my coach wrote me in 1,000, and <laughs> I, I thought that was, like, ridiculous. So um, it's crazy now I do that, like, 42 times over. Um, but, yeah, I, I never really had any ambitions to be a marathoner. Um, it just started probably when I was, like, 21, 22. I was just going out for three, four-mile runs um, every day, and then – you know, every week I would be, oh, let's go a little further and then a little further. And that was up to like six, seven, eight miles at a time. And then I was like, oh, maybe I can do a half marathon. So I signed up for a Rochester half marathon back in 2012 in September. And, um, I ran like 132 and I was like, Hey, if I just do this twice, you know, I could maybe qualify for Boston. Cause I know that was like the thing to do. And I was, I was so like, not with it with like the, with running. Cause yeah. it's, it's not quite that simple to just double your time. And, um, I think at the time it was, I think you needed a 305 for Boston back uh -huh. in not 2012, I think. So 305 or 310. And um, yeah, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't run with a watch. I just was like, every run I went out, I was doing like, you know, 705 pace and just like no easy runs, no not structured workouts, just going out for a run, just doing whatever. This is before Instagram really was like taking off with like running. So you didn't really see what everybody else was doing. No one really made their training public. So um, yeah, I trained really stupid, uh, the week before my first marathon, I took a whole week off. I thought that's what the taper was. So <laughs> if you're, if you're new to running, uh, tapering is not taking the whole week <laughs> off of running uh, before the race. So, um, I paid for that, uh, in the, the race because like the first few miles were like my warm up, and I was like, well, this is horrible. 
Yeah, I ran like three, three, just under three eleven for that race, and um, I was disappointed because you know you want to. I'm, I'm pretty hard on myself. I wanted to qualify for Boston my first race, and I thought that I was going to qualify for that race, run Boston, and that was going to be my end of my my marathons. But I ran uh, my second marathon. I ran under three, and I would call it the marathon bug. And I've done twenty marathons since then. So I I love the marathon distance. It's my favorite of of all the distances I've ran. 22 marathons and six 5Ks, so. Yeah, you know, I think it was, so it was 2008. So I think that the qualifying time was still, it was, they bumped it up to 3.05 somewhere because it was, I remember when my husband and I first started running marathons and we were doing the whole try to qualify for Boston thing. I remember he had to run a 3.10 and we were in our like yeah. mid, mid-20s um, and he ran 3.05 flat. And then like the second he ran that, they upped it to 3.05. So it must have been somewhere around there. Um, yeah, but that's fast, though, to go out and run a 132 half. And then you, so you said you ended up running like a 3.10 your first marathon, right? Yeah, I did it in, uh, in uh, Canada. It was like the Hamilton Marathon. And it was it was a horrible experience because, you know, <laughs> like I said, I knew nothing about running. So all of the, the markers were in kilometers. And I couldn't even have told you how far, like, uh, you know, a half or a full was in kilometers. So I was just like, how much longer do I have to go? Because I wasn't running with a watch. Yeah. So I was just kind of like freelancing it. And, um, yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant experience. And, um, the one thing I did learn from that race is, um, I waited, I, I like had to, I had to go pee so bad and mm. I held it until like mile 25 and I stopped at mile 25. It's the one thing I learned, I've, I've taught myself is don't stop, if you're, especially if you're no. that far into the race. And, uh, mile 25 and then it was like the longest last mile because like you know that's the worst time to stop you know you're trying to keep the momentum going and just get to the finish and yeah so lesson learned yeah your body pretty much has a marathon on its legs at that point so stopping is like stopping at the yeah. end um you know you kind yeah. of strike me as the type of guy that just goes goes hard at what you do, um, which to me makes sense that yeah. you ran that 132. And then you're like, well, I'll just, you know, go qualify for Boston. Um, and I've heard you talk about your progression and marathoning a little bit. You know, you once you got your coach kind of learned, yeah. like, you got to run easy on your easy days and, and put it all out mm-hmm. there on your on your hard days. Uh, when I when I got a coach, uh, I mean, I mean, I, I, I kind of like self coached myself for for a while. I mean, um, I actually did get faster. I got to like 255 on my own. And then I was just kind of stagnant for like a little while. And then I kind of dabbled in some online stuff and, um, I got down to 240 by myself. Um, but then to make that next jump, um, I was, this wasn't, um, seeing the improvement that I wanted. So I actually came across my coach on Instagram and, um, I was just, he had liked one of my posts forever. And I'd like sent him a DM. This was like four years ago. And, um, I was like, do you coach like just professionals? Cause I, know, I had found out that his, his wife was Sarah. Sarah Crouch. Oh, okay. And um, yeah. And um, he's like, no, I coach everyday runners, and and we uh got on the phone like the next day, and we uh he's been my coach since like 2016. So, um, that's when I really learned about um, you know, there's a proper way to train. Was <laughs> wasn't what I was doing. Yeah. You know, I've, I've learned that the importance of you know having a, a structure of you know going easy as you can on easy days. You know, it leaves more for the hard days. You know, and recovery is like so much um it's as, as important or more important as as the workouts itself that's the biggest thing i think i've learned since i started with him and you know he got me from you know where i thought my potential was 240 i didn't think i could be any faster and i've gotten down to 234 with him and i 
certainly think I have more to go still. So fingers are crossed that my my best days are ahead. Yeah, I'm super curious though because you you do mention that the lifting and stuff is still super important to you. When picking a coach, like were you being super careful or cautious of like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing with lifting as well? Or do you totally implement your lifting on on your own and just let him know what you're doing? What does that look like? So I didn't really, um, that wasn't really part of the process when I like was looking for a coach about, you know, someone that knew about the lifting. It's more of, um, you know, when I had told him I was kind of into lifting and, and this and that. I mean, I'm like a huge like power lifter where I'm lifting, you know, four hours every day or something like that, you know. I was like, you know, I dabble on weights and I, I lift, I like to stay strong and fit. And um, he actually was like, wants me sometimes to back off. And, yeah. you know, because our, our goal when we started was to kind of cut down weight a little bit. Because I'm about 190 right now. And um, I, when we had started, I was like 185. And he wanted me to get down to like 170. And for, for me, it would be, be so hard because like my metabolism is so fast and I work out so much like that. I just throw food at me. It just mm. like burns away. So, um so yeah, he, he, he accepts me for, you know, doing what I want to do and it hasn't really hindered my, my performances, I don't think. And, but there's people that have told me, you know, Hey, if you stop working out and, you know, lost your muscle mass, you know, you'd be X minutes faster, but, um, that's not really my, my goal. My goal is to, I just want to be an overall, you know, fit, fit guy and, you know, lift weights and run fast. And, um, I guess to each his own, I guess. Yeah. I, I love that mentality so much. How many days a week do you lift? Uh, it kind of depends like in the, in the cycle of the marathon. Um, just because, you know, when the miles really get up there, I mean, I've been going like uh, four to five days right now. Okay. Um, you know, when I get into like the last, you know, two, three weeks of, uh, of the, the cycle, um, it might go down to like, you know, three and then it just, in the time I spend there will be less too, just because I'm, I'm, I, I, I try to focus in on, you know, the task at hand and that's like the marathon. So I want to be as fresh as I can, um, for, for the, for the race. So, um, yeah, the closer I get to race day, I, I think I, my last workout I'll do in the gym is maybe like nine or 10 days out from the race. Yeah. I mean, it <clears> makes <throat> sense to have that mentality too. Like it'd be one thing if you were like, I'm trying to run a 209 marathon, you know, and you were trying to yeah. like make the Olympic team or something like that. But yeah. seeing as how like you're trying to be the best version of yourself and run the fastest marathons you can with the lifestyle that makes you happy because do you wonder if you did not get rid of weightlifting because weightlifting is important for every runner. But like, do you wonder if I were to, you know, tailor my lifestyle and the way I work out to the running so that I can knock like, you know, say it's two minutes or something from times you're already knocking down. Do you worry that it would um, affect your happiness? It's a great question. Um, I think it would actually, you know, cause lifting has been such a big part of my life. Like, for as long as I can remember, you know, I, I grew up, you know, lifting weights and wanting to be strong. And you know, I was a football player for years. And um, I just honestly, I could not picture like my life as a guy that just doesn't lift anymore. And some people say it's a waste of time, you know, to I mean, lifting your leg is one thing, but like people say it's a waste of time to, you know, do like a full body workout. And but I just don't see it that way. And and uh, you hit the nail on the head. You know, it's, it's it's something that brings me happiness is to, you know, go to the gym, throw some weights around and, and run and. I love doing both and um, I'm going to continue doing both. And even if I, even if that means, you know, I fall short of what my end uh, time could eventually be, so be it. I'd rather be happy than, you know, get a time and, you know, not be as content, you know? Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm trying to figure out this balance because 
I, I think that in my happiest spot, I'm like, uh, I run like five days a week, maybe. And, um, over the summer, I got injured. I just, I got like a random stress fracture on the top of my foot. So that put me out six weeks. And then I took an additional, it's so annoying, additional, like, and I had built super steadily and slow. I was so yeah. frustrated. Like, I did this right. Um, but anyway, so that's when I started lifting this summer because I was like, okay, yeah. I need to keep working out and I need to channel my energy somewhere. And so since then, I've, I've slowly like incorporated my running back, but I'm still only running like 25, 25 miles a week because A, I'm paranoid about getting injured, but B, I'm really enjoying lifting four days a week. And I'm trying to find this balance of like, um, you know, I don't want to work out two, two and a half hours a day because I'm not a professional yeah. athlete and I have four little kids at home. But four. yeah, Jeez. but, you know, one thing I think there's seasons for everything. Right. And I know that mm -hmm. sounds super corny. But one thing I love about your message that I've heard you say is that, you know, if you want to be good at something, you'll make time for it. Um, and we can all make excuses. I can make excuses about having four little kids all day, every day. But I know in my heart, like, if I want to break three hours in the marathon, I'll make time for it. I'll do the work for it. But I guess, I guess all that being said, like, how do you feel in your life that you strike this balance of, of running and lifting so much? I mean, do you truly just enjoy working out that much? I do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm human. There's days where I, I don't like lifting. I don't like running. And I think anybody that says that they enjoy, you know, running every single day, they're probably lying. I mean, even like the, the best runners in the world will probably tell you there's days where they go out and they don't want to run. And the only reason they're getting out there is out of, out of, out of habit, you know, and, um, routine and people like that, they've been running for, for years. I've been running for years and, you know, like right now I'm looking out the window, it's, it's something we're supposed to get like four inches of snow and <laughs> looks miserable out, but I'm going to go out there and run my 10 miles this morning. And I have four more, uh, later tonight that I'll do. And, and do I want to do it? Not really because it's miserable out, but, uh, out of routine and habit, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's what I'll do. And, um, I always try to, you know, run on the worst day as possible just so I don't make excuses to, to not get out the door. So if it's pouring or if it's like, you know, five degrees outside, I'll run outside and shorts i run in shorts year round really i think i'm crazy but yeah i haven't worn um leggings outside in like two years and I where live do in you Rochester, live it gets Rochester, new york really yeah so oh, that's we've, funny yeah we've uh, we've gotten i think the coldest i've gotten last two years is like maybe like you know it's been right around zero uh -huh. and the wind chill has been maybe negative 10 but um yeah i just refuse to wear uh wear pants so maybe i'll get chilly like but no, I don't like, I don't like wearing <laughs> leggings or, 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 or pants. Um, so yeah, if, if you ever see me like on Instagram wearing, wearing pants, like it, it must've been really cold because <laughs> I never, never wear them, but yeah. So yeah, but I, just, I love, I love doing both the, the lifting and, and, and running, even if, you know, days I don't want to do it. Um, but I know even if what I do is some days, if I'm not feeling like, you know, working out at the gym, I'll just cut the workout to like, you know, maybe half of what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have to go for two, three hours at a time at the gym, you know, even, even 30 minutes is better than nothing. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. I've been trying to have that mentality too. I'm like, well, I'm just going to do, I'm just going to commit to this. And then you yeah. usually do a little bit more, right? Like you're like, okay, I thought I was going to do 10 miles. I'm going to commit to six 
And if it gets to eight, great. Yeah, if you change that the, the mindset, I mean, it makes it easier to, to digest that. You know, I've had that before where, you know, I'll it cut the miles up and be like, oh, well, if I get to, you know, six or seven, then I could do, you know, eight or nine and then so on and so forth. So I like that. Okay, so let's talk about the spring because I saw that you had some blood clots in your lungs. That's terrifying. Yeah, it was actually um, um, right around a year ago. I was like, I was feeling like crap. I mean, I would, I did like the Houston Marathon yeah. and um, last year, and I, I'm usually like spot on with my marathons. Like my splits, like they're usually like no more than like 90 seconds, you know, split. And um, I had been feeling kind of weird, like during the cycle, just like a weird feeling like I was pressing more than I had to achieve certain things, certain paces, certain workouts that I could usually do in my sleep. And um, I was like 117 through the half in Houston. And then my second half was like 127. Mm. So, I mean, it was like an enormous like blow up. And um, I was pushing so hard and I was running like 705s. And I was like, it was did, didn't make sense to me. And, um, and and then like, so like two months later, yeah, I was in the emergency room um with uh they're like yeah glad, good thing you came because you know if, if you had you know kept training i did i did 17 miles a few days before that and um it was like the most painful of my life like i had to stop probably a dozen times just mm. because the the pain like it feels like there's a glass in your lungs and then you try to take a deep breath and it's just like it's so painful so my my breathing was really labored and um yeah they're they're really dangerous um i don't think people really know like how, how dangerous they are. I mean, they're called like the silent killer because mm-hmm. they kill like so many people like in their sleep and, you know, um, they, cause they, they start in your calf and I actually had like horrible calf pain a few months before. Really? And but you're, you're a runner. You don't, you don't think about, about yeah. that. You just think of it as, you know, part of your, your, your training. And, um, I remember it, it hurt so bad and I was just like, you know, it's just a, like a trolley horse or something, you know, it's just a tight calf. It's nothing, but, that was, that was the blood clot and they start in your calf and they work your way and they were in my lungs and I had them on um, both sides and it was, it was pretty bad. And the, the frustrating part was, um, I had gone to urgent care a couple of times and they had missed, I had been misdiagnosed twice. Wow. For, um, um, they had said that I had, um, an upper respiratory infection the first time and, and I, I'm not gonna, you know, blame them. You know, I, I know people, people make mistakes. I'm not here totally. to, you know, blame them. Um, you know, because people are human. And yeah, it was the first time this upper respiratory infection. They, they actually gave me an inhaler, um, like albuterol, I think it was. And then um, it got so bad, I couldn't even take the inhaler because like you have to take a deep breath and mm-hmm. deep breaths is what was hurting me so bad. Then I went back like a couple weeks later and they're like, oh, you have exercise induced asthma. And I'm like, so I'm like, I'm st- this, I was still training for Boston at this point because Boston hadn't been canceled yet. Um, this was before, this was all right before the pandemic mm-hmm. really started in the U S and, um, so I was like, I hated running. I hated every day of it just because I was so miserable, but I, I just out of habit, like I talked before, I just kept getting out the door and my paces were horrible. It was a struggle to run eight twenties on my easy days. I, I like didn't even communicate with my coach, like how bad I was feeling just because I was like, didn't know what was going on. So this is really a dark time. And then, uh, like when I got like uh, diagnosed with the, the blood clots, it was like it was more of a moment of relief for me. I think yeah. than anything, just because um, be like, oh, weren't you scared? I was like, nah, nah. Like it, I was, I was just happy that I had an answer to all of my um, you know problems that have been going on for for so long. And 
yeah, I was on blood thinners for, for, um, I didn't have to do, uh, um, Lovenox, like the in- injectable shots in your abdomen for, for, for a month, uh, twice a day. And then I was on another blood thinner, um, Zeralto for, for another, I think six or seven months. And now I'm just on aspirin, you know, once a day. So, um, and to this day, they don't, they don't know what caused them. Huh. Um, I, yeah. Which is kind of crazy, but, um, yeah, I did, I had two rounds of tests done and I don't have any of like the factor clotting disorders, whatever, everything's normal. I don't have a history of uh, clotting in my, um, my family. Um, but they, they think it's, um, you know, as, as runners, endurance athletes, you're moving so much that when you're sitting for like long periods of time, you're actually more prone to getting, mm. um, blood clots than the typical person. And, you know, I'm, I'm always on my feet, always running, you know, and there was several weekends in a row where I was doing traveling, going to my brother's football games and oh. we were going, you know, six, seven, eight hours sitting a day, you know, in the, in the car, you know, traveling to his games out of state and then, you know, sitting at the game. And, um, I would run like right before we'd go on these road trips and then sit, you know, and they think that's what attributed to it. So, um, yeah, so that's, uh, that's, that's, that's my story with, with the blood clots. And, uh, what the biggest thing I learned from that was, you know, listen to your body. Yeah. Um, your body's not wrong. You know, if, if, if it's, if it's telling you something's wrong, um, listen to it and, and go to the hospital, you know, uh, I actually was at the hospital and I drove home because I was embarrassed to go in sex. I thought I was being a little girl <laughs> about it. So I drove home the day I was in the, at the hospital, I drove home and then I went back to bed and I was like, all right, something's not right. So I actually drove back. Really? So yeah. Thank God um, you didn't go to was, sleep. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just, it's important to listen to your body and because uh, it's 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 not wrong and you know it's worth going to the emergency room you know and getting looked at or going to the doctor you know it's never never not a bad idea to get looked at yeah you know i i appreciate so much though too you know i'm sure it was so frustrating that the urgent care misdiagnosed you twice but like i really appreciate that you said like people are human and people make mistakes because yeah. i think that yeah especially in 2020 and and in the world we're living in today that people are really quick to just jump on people and get angry about anything and so to hear you give grace to those people and the who are working yeah. there um it says a lot yeah i think that's i think an element that's missing and in, in the world i think is is you know grace and you know uh and just lacking of of kindness to people and it's this is one element I think that's missing in the world. And I think we need more of it, you know, as we, as we move, move, move forward as a, as a world, you know? I agree. Um, so do you have, do you get like, like just go in and get a checkup every six months or something now to monitor what's going on? Yeah. My last checkup was actually in October. Um, they did like, a um, they did a scan of my heart and my lungs and, um, everything is, is normal. So I think I'll go back and, um, I think it's in, in March. I'll go. That'll be the one year, one year uh, checkup for that. So, um, yeah, everything. The last time I was there, they said everything w- was great, and um, uh, my uh, my running was basically one of the keys for them. They're like, because they knew what my level of running was. You know, when I had, you know, was in the hospital, and and they're like, well, how was your running? How are you feeling? That was kind of their gauge because everyone you know, is, is different with how they come back from like blood clots. So I was like, you know, I'm running, you know, this many miles and I'm running this paces or these workouts. And, um, cause my, my hematologist, she's a, a, uh, she's a runner and stuff. So she understands today. Okay. Well, that's a good gauge to, to, you know, see you're, you're doing well with the running and you know, you're, you're healing well. So. Yeah. Do they running won't 
running is not a risk factor. Like it's not anything negative, like other than the fact that they said that the constant movement and then the long duration of sitting could cause things like other than that, is there any problem? No, no. I mean, I've had, I've had people inboxing about that and Mm. they're like, well, am I at risk, you know, higher risk on a runner? I'm like, I wouldn't even say like, you know, it's, it's, you're more at risk, I guess, a runner just because, you know, I think mine was just like a freak thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want people to get scared that, yeah. you know, it, Hey, if, if, if I run a lot, you know, if I sit down, like, am I going to get a blood clot? Am I going to die? No, I don't want you to, you know, freak out or be scared about that. I think my thing was an isolated incident. I don't think it's more, more of a freak thing than anything. So don't, don't be scared. It's yeah. just one of those things that happen that you can't explain. If you feel like you have glass shards in your lungs, go to the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. if you feel like you're going to die, you might want to go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> That's the message here. Yeah, I know. It's it's one of those things, too, where you hear a story like this and you're like automatically diagnosing yourself and getting you know paranoid about that. So I, I totally hear your message there. Um, let's... I, well, I'm glad you're healthy first. Let's just say that. Me too. <laughs> uh, um, without getting too deep, though, did that give you any kind of like new perspective on life? You know, you're still super young. I'm one of those people that I've always had this fascination with death and like always been paranoid about health related stuff ever since I was like 10 years old. So it's a constant in my mind. But for um, a lot of people, you know, I don't think that everybody lives like that. Did this give you any kind of dose of perspective? Yeah, it, it, it definitely changed, like, you know, like how I, I see things and, you know, and, you know, life's short and you don't know, like, like the doctor said, they're like, you know, you could have killed this if I was a healthy individual. Mm. They said the extent of my clots in my lungs, if I was, you know, overweight or, you know, 30 years older, they said I probably wouldn't have lived. But they said, you know, the fact that I was a runner was uh one of the main reason why i was able to you know get through it um but i would say you know someone always has it has it worse than you and people are like oh well you know you, you could have died i was like i was like listen i don't have cancer um, no i'm, I'm going to be healthy i'm going to be fine you know my doctors take care of me and um, one of the, the the stories that you know uh, really makes you appreciate your health was you know tommy ribs mm-hmm. you know with uh um you know it, that was like put in perspective i was like man my thing was like a not like a nothing burger compared to, you know, what this guy's going through, you know, he's going to continue to go through. And, you know, uh, so his, his story alone, I mean, there's thousands of stories out there like Tommy and his just happens to be in the running world. So, um, but like I was reading his, uh, I think his, his wife had shared an update last night of yeah. his, uh, his progress. And, um, they said he has like a 90% chance of the, the cancer coming back. And I said, but there's a 10%, 10% chance that it won't, you know, and, and they said Tommy is, you know, alive because of, you know, who he is and, you know, the mentality that he has and that the toughness and like the spirit that he has, you know, because it's NBL, it if it was anybody else, you know, they would have already been dead. But so I, I like, I like his, his odds, you know, he's a fighter and, you know, and um, I just, I hate that it happens to people like him. Yeah. You know, I don't really know him like personally, but um, I think, you know, since all that stuff has happened, I think people have, you know, you know, kind of rallied around him. And um, it's just, it sucks that cancer always gets people that, you know, don't deserve it. Not that anybody deserves it, right. but it just, you know, it gets the people that, you know, are so kind and, you know, so important to the running world. So um, I'm definitely rooting for him and, you know, hope he can, can pull through this and he'll, he'll be all right. I hope. 
Yeah, I read her post last night too when I was I was laying in bed with my older two and um she's she's had some she's clearly had some really uh therapeutic writing sessions throughout this whole journey. She's written some really beautiful posts that are almost just poetic throughout this journey and and it's they're, been they're both they're both very uh uh talented and and their ability to share words like um it's just it's incredible like reading their stuff like you said it's almost like poetry mm-hmm. and like their their father too um kim um it's just like i <laughs> it's like next level i'm like i couldn't like dream to write up something like i wish i had them to like write my papers in high school you know, <laughs> gotten a better grade. but yeah just like they're how they they can they convey the most like basic message and then they like make it so well but then like the reading how they they share the the story it's like some stories I'll start on Instagram. I'll just keep scrolling, but like mm-hmm. with this one, you know, like made you want to keep reading, you know? So I, I went through and read all four sequences uh-huh. of what's going on. And it's like, you, it, it was almost like a book you didn't want to put down, you know? Yeah. Think about so. all the runners that were doing, cause you, as soon as you started saying that, I was like, me too. <laughs> I've had a lot of people yeah. listening. were doing the same thing last yeah. night. Cause she posted them like yeah. one right after the other. Um, yeah. and you know, I, it kind of hit yesterday, you know, I've been following that story throughout this whole time as well, but yesterday it kind of hit me hard because she had all those updates and, um, I had been having kind of like a, just a woo is me day, like, you know, stressed out about my kids and feeling like, just kind of like, what am I even doing with these podcasts? Just kind of down on myself. Um, At the same time, knowing like, hey, your health is good. Your kids are healthy. Everything, you know, you're fine. You don't need to be so down. And then I read and I read that and I'm like, okay, celebrate, celebrate what you have in front of you. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. You can't live like that every day. Like nobody's going to wake up every morning being like, yes, I'm healthy. I can celebrate. But um, it certainly puts it into perspective. That's for sure. Yeah. It's just he's so young, too. And like he's got kids and his wife. And um, it's just like that. Just like, yeah, like you said, like reading yesterday's updates was like because they weren't too specific with like, you know, what he had had gone through. You just knew it wasn't good, Mm -hmm. you know, because I had had, um, his his brother. is it, is it, um, Jacob, Jacob, right? Yeah. Yeah. He would, had shared, uh, some, some updates, you know, throughout the, the, the summer and, um, and fall. And, um, you knew it was, it was kind of grim. And I think there was a a time where, you know, people didn't know if he was going to even make it through, you know, the year and, you know, to like see some of the numbers, like he had lost, like, you know, he's a ripped guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's chiseled and, you know, and he's just like a, the guy that you think is invincible and, you know, can't be taken down and then he uh that happens to him and he lost like 70 pounds or something it's just like it's it's crazy crazy to me that and this is just the beginning of the battle there's still so much that left to do and but he's already cleared some hurdles and he's still, still got a lot of fight left to go but if there's anybody anybody that can do it, it it's tommy yeah we're definitely thinking about about that family so if anybody here listening is is connected to them um we're sending well wishes for sure All right, everybody, a quick break here to thank a sponsor. I'm so excited to have Sweaty Betty back on the show. I have been wearing Sweaty Betty power leggings for years now. I love their workout apparel. Anytime I'm wearing Sweaty Betty apparel, somebody's messaging me or asking me in person, where is that from? 
There is no other athletic brand that can compete with the Sweaty Betty Power Leggings, expertly placed seams, and squat-tested compression fabric that sculpt your bum into instant peach emoji status. I love it. Oh, that's funny. They are quick drying with pockets. Okay, this is my favorite thing about the newest pair of power leggings I got. There is a little side pocket in the leggings, like up on your hip to your leg area. So I still put my phone in my koala clip, but then I clip it to that side pocket and it doesn't pull down on the pants or anything. It stays in place. I am very passionate about this pocket because the only other place I know to carry my phone in my koala clip is in the back of my sports bra, which is fine, but it is so much more convenient to put it in the side pocket there. I love Sweaty Betty because their apparel is cute, it's comfortable, and it's functional. I wear Sweaty Betty power leggings and you should too, because you deserve to look amazing before, during, and after your workout. Go to sweatybetty.com slash another and use code another at checkout to get 20% off your purchase. This is the best offer Sweaty Betty has available anywhere. That's spelled S-W-E-A-T-Y-B-E-T-T-Y dot com slash another. Use our code another at checkout. Sweatybetty.com slash another. Promo code another. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Patrick. Switching subjects a little bit. Your coaching. So... So you decided to quit your job and focus on coaching yourself as well as your own, um, your own running and and athletics. And, you know, I think it's really cool and crazy in, in 2020 and, you know, in the last five, six years, even like the world of the online world has given so many people like myself doing this podcast and you, you taking on runners that you coach to that being your sole income, like, like the opportunity that's been that we can create for ourselves, but that's available to us because of the internet is just wild. I oftentimes wonder, you know, yesterday when I was having that day where I was thinking, does any of this matter? What am I even doing? <laughs> really, it started because yesterday I, I, after I got done lifting, I told my husband, I was like, will you take a picture of me? I have to say something to the internet and like, I need a picture to post with it. <laughs> and I was just kind of like <laughs> rolling my eyes at myself. And I'm like, what am I doing? I'm 37 and making my husband take pictures of me for the internet <laughs> so I can share a story. Um, um, but it's crazy the opportunity it's provided. So talk about, sure. you know, your transition and why you decided to go all in. And I mean, really, I know you work with McCurdy, like that's your, that's the coaching services that you're under, but I mean, you're an entrepreneur in your own right. Cause you're kind of, you're creating your plans. You're, you're coaching your athletes, how you want to coach them. So just talk yeah. about that a little bit. Yeah. So, um, before I even got into to coaching, I worked, I worked for, for Wegmans. It's, uh, this, uh, big grocery chain on, on the East coast. And I worked there, um, in the warehouse for, um, almost eight years. And, um, for the last, uh, two years of that, I was, or no year I was doing, um, both, I was, you know, both, uh, working at, at Wegmans, you know, you know, 45 to 60 hours a week. And then on top of that, I was coaching, you know, all the athletes that I have and, um, I had mentioned in a, I did a, like a question thing on my, my story. And, um, I, someone asked me, I said, do you ever want to be a coach someday? And I said, yeah, I would love to be a coach someday. And, 
Um, then like, I think maybe a few days later, I, I was on my way to work and I was just about to go in and I got a call from, from James and it's like, Hey man, how would you feel about, you know, it coming on full time? And, um, um, and I was, I, I didn't even think that would, would be a possibility. Like you said, there's, there's opportunities, you know, with, with, with online that, you know, wouldn't have existed, you know, five, six years ago. And, um, through Instagram, that's where I get, you know, I, I create posts and people interact with me and, you know, they reach out to say, Hey, I want to achieve X, Y, Z. Can you help me get to there? And, um, that's one of the, the beauties of Instagram and, um, any social media for that. And that's, that's how McCurdy has, has grown, you know, they only had a few athletes in Boston, I think in like 2016 and, and then in uh, like 2018 and 2019, there was, you know, hundreds, you know, and, um, that's all attributed just to, you know, social media and the impact that, you know, you can have, you know, growing, you know, your business and it's, it's helped me through, through my platform. It's just, you know, sharing my story and, you know, people can relate to that. And it's, uh, the way I get a lot of my clients is pretty much all my clients. I think I maybe only have gotten maybe, maybe three clients from just seeing somebody like the gym or something. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is through Instagram. So, um, be interested to see what, like, where my life would be if, you know, I hadn't become a coach, if there was no Instagram, no social media, where would, where would you be? Where would I be? You know? Yeah. I talk about that all the time. Cause my husband's like not on social media at all. He used to do Twitter, but he got rid of it. Um, and yeah. he's actually backed off from Twitter twice and both times. Well, the first time he came back, he backed off in the 2016 election. He was like, I can't do this anymore. Then he came back. And then like two months before the election this year, he got off again. So I'm like, there's a theme here when you're getting off the internet. Um, I don't know if he'll go back this time though. But anyway, um, you know, he's, he like, he hates it. He's like, oh, the internet's so stupid. But I'm like, you do see how it's important though. Like just how you were saying with Instagram, like that's where you get all of your clients. And, and I would, I would argue that, um, Instagram has been a huge reason why I was able to grow my podcast, you know, cause when I started it in 2016, I don't know, I maybe had like a thousand Instagram followers. Um, but if, if it weren't for Instagram where like guests on the show share their episodes, you know, that's how it organically kind of all happened. So it is necessary. And I do think there's good positive community that comes of it. You just get to a point where you feel silly because you always have to take a picture and post it. How did you yeah, grow your I, Instagram I, though? Go ahead, go. What were you going to say? I was going to say it, it was funny because you were asking your husband to, you know, get a picture of you and, you know, I'm usually all by, by myself a lot. So I have to do like, you know, uh-huh. people are always like, Oh, you have like a personal photographer. I'm like, no, it's a, I have like a, I use like a self timer on my phone. And, and it's it, one of some of the biggest challenges of, of like a run is like getting a picture after because either a, it's, it's so cold and you just want to like go inside or, you know, B you're tired. You don't feel like it or, or C it's like trying to find a place to put your phone to get the picture. Mm-hmm. You know, if you try to switch it up, you don't want to have like the same um, pose or for every post. So, um, I've done some crazy thing. I've had like, I put my phone like in a tree. Uh-huh. I've had, I've used like branches to hold <laughs> my phone up. I've, I've jammed it and between like and a bush like, and a <laughs> fence, like we're pretty much we're, we're, wherever you, I've gotten innovative. I, I could say that much over, over the years with that, with Instagram and, um, how I grew my, my, my following is just really just sharing my journey and, you mm. know, being myself and, um, I think you just have to be honest and open and you can't only share 
like the positive um, races or the experiences in your life you have to because they, they say like you know instagram is like a highlight reel for a lot of people mm-hmm. and some people and it's that's fine it's their, their their call they don't choose to share you know the the downtimes or the bad races or the bad experiences and i i share that all you know and like he like for example like the houston marathon that was like an embarrassment of a race for me my worst race in like years my, it was i was like 13 14 minutes off of my goal time it was embarrassing and yeah there was health stuff involved with that but i felt like it was important to you know still share that experience just because i'm human and whether you're a 430 marathoner or you know 234 marathoner you know we all have similar characteristics you know at the end of the day you know we're, we're, we're human we have good and bad races and i think it's important to people to realize that just because i'm maybe faster than you i'm still when I'm still prone to having bad days and it's okay. And that's the biggest thing I try to share to people. I always wonder this with coaches too. Like, do you ever feel like if I don't execute what I'm doing well, people will question how I coach them. It, it does. It does happen. You, you, or if you're not progressing, like I haven't, I haven't had a PR in, in the marathon um, since CIM yeah, in 2018. I haven't had a PR in the half since like 2019. So that does cross my mind. Like if, you know, if I'm not like getting a new PR, like if people want to be like, Oh, well, you know, maybe he doesn't know what he's doing. Maybe, you know, he's not good enough to do, uh, to be a coach or, um, and if, if I feel like if I'm not progressing, maybe people are just interested. They're like, Oh, well he's, you know, he's reached a point where he's, he's not improving anymore, but I try not to let that affect me too much because it's, you can go years without, you know, having a PR and then, and a race. And, um, you know, I guess I'm, I'm still young. You know, I'm only 31, so I feel like I have a long time left to take my times. And I know nothing's guaranteed. Like, like Tommy, for example. You know, um, so I'm just gonna go and get my best every every race. And you know, uh, and I'll try to keep inspiring people, regardless of if it's 2:45 or 2:35. You know. Yeah, I love that. What? Um, how many coaches? How many people do you currently coach? Um, a couple dozen, several dozen. Okay. Do you feel like, like people, go ahead. What were you going to say? Yeah. It's like, it's like around 50. Around 50. Okay. Do you feel yeah. like people re- come to you specifically because they also are into weightlifting? Yeah. I actually get a lot of messages. That's probably my most common message mm-hmm. is, um, Hey, I'm uh, a guy that likes to lift and I want to run like you. And, you know, they don't have the same goals. They don't want to be like, you know, a whatever it's plenty of people are just trying to run their first, you know, 5k and they're like, Hey, I lift weights on my first 5k. And then there's other people who run marathons and they lift as well. And, um, it's easy that the most common you know message I get and people, you know, seek that out. They're like, Oh, well you think you can coach me? Cause you understand the balance of, you know, what I'm trying to do. And, and I think there, there are coaches out there that probably, you know, might not respect that. They mm-hmm. might, you know, want them to be more focused on, you know, just running. Um, but, you know, as, as, as a coach, I work with a variety of different people and I have a fair amount that, you know, lift weights and stuff. And, um, I enjoy it. It's just, they, uh, they're, they're different than regular runners cause they like to lift too. So, um, but I definitely like, uh, the, the variety of people I coach and, but yeah, that's definitely the most common, uh, people that message me is I want to lift weights to run fast. Yeah. And I think that that's really important that if your coach doesn't get that, that you do find someone else. I remember, um, I've, I've been coaching runners for five or uh, I guess it's been like eight years now, but I, I only do like 
five people because it's like a small arm of, of, you know, my podcast is my main thing. Um, but I, I've had people in the past come to me that say like, you know, I'm really into CrossFit and I want to CrossFit four days a week. And I've been like, you know what? I'm not the coach for you. I don't know enough about crossfitting. Um, and I think that there's a coach out there that probably knows a lot more about that. If, if you're equally as passionate about for CrossFit sure. as you are running, you should find a coach that, that is very educated on lifting and running. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. There's a coach for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what are your, what are your goals now? You know, you, you had the, the blood clots in the spring, obviously pandemic has just kind of made everything kind of up in the air with races. Did you chill a little bit at all this year? And do you have a race on tap for the spring? If anything happens like for, for the rest of uh, like 2020, um, it was really about just getting back into like and enjoying running. Cause like I said, I had, I had hated mm-hmm. running just from, well, I mean, it was, it was health related, but um, so when I, when I came back, I was just about, enjoying running so that I just ran, I actually started out walking for the first, I took a month off after the hospital and which was in runner in runner terms. That's like a year. Yeah. You know, especially for, for me, I, I, I run seven days a week. So and high mileage, like a full yeah. month was just like, yeah, you know, so that was, that was, that was tough. But, um, I was just, you know, doing like a run walk and it was, it was really just baby steps getting back into it. And, you know, I, I, I ran a mile PR last summer. Um, so that was, that was cool to, to come back from, you know, to just walking. Actually, I actually walked the half marathon. I, I want, I was trying to like see how fast I could run. And I don't know how these guys like in the Olympics oh. and they do like the power walking. It's, I was, I was, I was so sore the next day and I, I ran, I, it was it? like a two, two, two forty five. And you walked? I was sore. I walked. Yeah. That's it, so it, it, fast. I was sore though. Like to walk two forty five. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's about as fast as you can go with it actually being classified as still walking. But I I know these guys like they're on like the Olympics, they're power walkers. Like they just make it look so easy. And if you watch videos on on YouTube, it's it's hilarious. Like they get like their hips into it. And uh-huh. um, yeah, I, I, I was sore the next day. Did um, you get yeah, a good video like, of that? <sighs> unfortunately, no. I was, Dang. <laughs> I, was, I know. Maybe, maybe next year if I have our blood clots and I have to uh, you know walk again. Um, yeah, I just focused, uh, the end of last year was just about, you know, building fitness. I mean, um, a lot of, uh, people were, that were, uh, last year that without, without races, we had to, you know, just kind of either do like virtual races or, you know, work on things you don't get to usually do. And, um, for a lot of athletes that I have, we worked on like short speed, you know, mm-hmm. these are always, I would say 99% of the time, you know, you're training for a marathon. Mm-hmm. And so we had all this time with all the races being canceled to, you know, work on, um, you know, like the mile speed, you know, 5k speed, 10k speed. So, um, that's what I did myself. Um, a lot of my athletes was, you know, I raced a mile and, um, my first mile back, I ran like four fifty three or something. And then I, my, by I think at the end of July, I ran, I think four forty was my, my mile PR. Um, so it was cool to just come back from that and, you know, achieve a, a PR. And, um, so yeah, since then I've just been, you know, building and, um, I'm, I'm doing the Woodlands Marathon in Texas in uh, in March. Okay. That's uh, my next, uh, next race, a little bit outside of Houston. So the goal there is to uh, PR, and you know that's my goal for every race is you know throw throw down my best. And uh, my, my ultimate goal is you know getting under that two thirty barrier. Okay. Um, 
yeah, that's that's like a five forty two mile pace. Um, it's only like ten seconds faster than my PR, but like ten seconds per mile over the course of twenty six point two miles is it's 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 a lot. So you know, I know I know it's it's going to take time. It's going to take a lot of work, but you know, I I just I just keep chipping away. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's a lot of time when you're running two thirty four to two twenty nine. I'm curious, what are some of your favorite workouts for, um, like getting the mile time down? Cause I do think that's, that is a really fun, anything positive to come out of the pandemic. The pandemic is horrible. Um, but it, yeah. you, in terms of running, I think it's been fun to see people try new things instead of just train for the marathon. So what were some specific workouts you did to, um, get sharp? My favorite workout is 16 times 400. That's oh. like my, 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 my favorite workouts. Like so with like hard. one minute, one minute walk rest. So I, I think, uh, last summer I did and it was like, you know, 80 degrees. Uh-huh. It was, so it was pretty warm. And, um, yeah, it was, I was, so I was, I was averaging around like 70 seconds for, for each, uh, each, each rep. And then, you know, you only get the one minute walk rest, which goes by so fast, you know, when you, especially when you get to like, you know, eight, nine, 10 of the, of the, the, the workout. And, um, and the particular work I did, there was, um, they're called like hammer reps. So you'll, I think it was like on the 12th one, you basically run as like as hard as you can or close to it. So you're, I was doing like 70 seconds, you know, for the first 11 and then the 12th one, um, it was go as pretty much as hard as you can. So I was like a 63 or something. Wow. Um, for the, yeah. And I mean, I was a 400 meter runner in, in high school. So I, I ran like 52 or 51 seconds. So. Um, but like after you've already ran, um, you know, 11, 400s in the workout, you know, 63 is, is, is pretty, pretty decent. Well, for me it was, um, but then after the, the, like the, the drop rep they're called, um, you just go back to running, you know, the seventies the or whatever, but that, that was, that was like one of my favorite workouts that, um, two hundreds, I love eight hundreds, um, pretty much any work on the track. I, I enjoy the track is, is one of my favorite places to be. Oh, see, the track intimidates me. Um, so you did, you did eleven reps at so like eight and a half out of ten effort. Do twelve all out, and then do the the remaining four at back to eight eight and a half out of ten. I'm just making up that effort level, but that's what it sounds like to me. If yeah, you drop roughly, down, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's pretty much yeah what the gist of it is. Yeah, which that tells me that to me the fact that you could drop seven seconds on that 12th rep makes the entirety yeah. of the workout a little bit less intimidating because you're not going, cause to me, I'm like, Oh, 400. Like, I feel like I have to go out the whole time, but you really can't if you're going to sustain it for 16 yeah. laps, you can't go all out. Yeah. It's really about just like, it takes experience, you know, to, mm-hmm. especially with the, with the track is just like, really gauging like your effort levels and then you have to you know you factor in like you know the weather and mm-hmm. now I've, I've done so many workouts for so long that i just know like how much i need to push my body or like if i need to like you know ease up or um ease into the workout you know if it's a little warmer i'll ease into a workout just so i set myself up to you know finish stronger instead of you know um going out the first few reps and that can be said for any time that it really is I, I i never really like push myself like past the point of that I need to, to start. It's kind of just like when you get into like a cold pool, you know, you just kind of, you know, dip your, your toe in there before, instead of just taking the plunge. Um, so that's, that's, that's the best way I, I can describe that and works for me, I guess. 
I love that. Dip dip your toe in. So if you're doing, listeners, if you're doing four by one mile repeats, dip your toe in that first mile. Don't don't work so hard the first mile. You want to sustain that. You don't want to go. Yeah, you don't want to go backwards. You know, it's better to you know maybe start out a little slower than than you need to, and then you know finish strong versus you know dropping the hammer, running a really really strong first mile wherever the repeat is, and then, you know, going backwards. And um, not only does that suck physically, but, like, you know, mm-hmm. mentally it leaves you feeling like you just got defeated. And feeling defeated uh, feeling defeated uh, mentally and running is just as bad as, as, as physically, you know. I think all runners can, can, uh, can, can appreciate that. Yeah, I know. I always, like, always – warm up a little bit i know i need to warm up a little bit longer i'm always jumping the gun to get the workout started because you're like yeah. oh i just want to get this this pain going so i can you know feel it but um like yesterday when i ran that mile i said i ran a, a hard mile and i i only warmed up 15 minutes and then i cooled down three and a half miles and i was like Lindsay, you probably should have warmed up three and a half and cooled down a mile and a half because your body would have been so much more receptive to that faster mile if you would have eased into it a little bit more 15 is not bad. 15 is, isn't that bad. I was thinking maybe like 5 or 10, but 15 yeah. is decent. The older I get, though, the more I need. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, the more I need to warm up, yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. What is one thing professionally or personally that you haven't done yet that you'd like to do? Travel the world. Mm. Have you traveled never, many places? I've, I've actually never been. No. I mean, I've traveled over the um, over the country for, for racing, but I've never traveled outside of the U.S. I've been to Canada, and that's about it. Um, I've never been to Europe, never been anywhere overseas. So, um, that's one of like my things I want to do as I get older is, um, probably end up trying to get into a race, you know, because mm-hmm. race stations are the best. Mm-hmm. So, um, definitely on the bucket list is, uh, the, uh, the marathon majors. I want to do all six. My goal is to do all six under 240. That's like my main, my oh, main nice. goal. Um, yeah, so that's one of the things that I wanted to accomplish and just see different places that I haven't been. There's so much places, that, even just in the U.S., that I haven't been that I want to see. So and I got plenty of time to do it, so I'm ready to ready to explore. What's an accomplishment you're most proud of? I was reading about this last night and <laughs> about the questions that were sent to me, and I, I wasn't sure what to uh, what to say. And from from an athletic standpoint, um, Boston 2018 was when it was one of my most uh, favorite accomplishments um did, did you run that one or in 2018 mm. it was the year of like the monsoon it was like it was like pouring it was like yeah 40 mile an hour winds or something it was just like i was just like one of the like the most crazy races ever and it was just something i, I, I was proud of i ran like 242 and just wow. like it was um i think like 1500 people or something had hypothermia or whatever uh-huh. and there was like 27 elites had had dropped out and um I was only beat by one one girl in the in that race and that was uh that was Des. She ran two thirty nine uh something I think. And so I was like <laughs> only 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 Des beat me. But I mean it was just for for that for the pros for that race. It was just about like, you know, obviously they were totally. racing. It was just about placing. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, I was I was happy for her that, that she had won. But yeah, that race was I swear, like I was freezing from that race for like three days straight. It was just, it was so, it was so cold. I, I got back to my hotel from that race. I took my shoes off and I sat in my clothes and I just sat in the shower, like in the tub mm. with the water on for like 20 minutes. And I can imagine everybody in the city probably did this, the same thing. So it was, just, it was, it was so cold out. 
And there was there was a guy that was actually um, that finished a little bit behind me. He actually ran the race shirtless. How? <laughs> That's crazy. I, yeah, I I don't know. I was there. I was pregnant with my last baby, um, and my husband ran, and he had a horrible race. But my lips were blue because I I was dedicated. I was standing at that. I was standing on that uh, on Boylston, and um, I think I stood out there for I don't know at, at least an hour and a half, which I know sounds silly for you guys that actually ran the race, but. Um, yeah, I was I was freezing and I remember when I saw my husband like 30 minutes after we thought, you know, even after calculating like yeah. all the things we thought he was still 30 minutes later than we thought and um he just came over to me and his face was just like like his lips were blue and um yeah, that was a wild experience. Um no, I ran Boston in tw- la- 2019 was the last time I ran it. Okay. Okay, what is the best most recent book you've read? Do you read? Um I, I I don't I I actually I bought a book and I started reading it a while ago. I actually have it right here. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it. It's Endure um, by Alex Hutchinson. Yes, I tried to read that like three years ago and I couldn't get through it. Yeah, yeah so I my 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 chiropractor recommended it to me and um, he like talked it up. It was great and I I was really interested and super excited to read it. And I've got I got through like uh, I think like a maybe thirty forty fifty pages of it and. I think I like fell asleep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you have the same experience? I mean, it's the most, it's the most recent book. I, I've, yeah, I've read. yeah. Yeah. No, so. I remember when I read it, it was kind of like, I think it might've been sort of recent. I don't know. Everybody was talking about it. So I was like, I got to read this book and I never quit books. I mean, maybe, and I read a lot. So I don't know, maybe like 2% yeah. of the time will I quit a book. And I got probably, Hmm. 40% through and I was like I am not enjoying this and I don't even feel like I'm retaining anything I give up so maybe I'm just not like sciencey enough or <laughs> scholarly enough or smart enough but it wasn't for me yeah so that, that's the most recent one that I, I started started to read and um, I mean if we're talking about books I've completed I mean um, I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Do you binge any TV? Are there any shows that you're really liking? Um, I've always been a, a Friends fanatic. That's mm-hmm. like that's like my show. I love I love Friends and and Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, I was I hated Seinfeld. I didn't find it funny. Uh-huh. And maybe uh, maybe it's just because I, I didn't understand the jokes. wasn't old enough to understand the humor. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. But you know, as I've gotten older, and even the past couple of years, I, I, I watched some Seinfeld, and I think. They're both great shows, Seinfeld and um, and friend friends. And do you what would what would you take between the two of those? Do you have a preference? Oh, I would pick Seinfeld for sure. Seinfeld, yeah. yeah. I think it, it might depend too on like like uh, when you were born. I think too. Uh-huh. I'm um, 80, 1983 as I, think, when I was born. Yeah, because that that came out. That was like Sue would have been like what like ten when that show premiered. I think it was like early nineties, ten or eleven. I remember my dad watching it sometimes and like. I mean, it's obviously like a pretty clean show, but every once in a while when there would be like a sexual yeah. comment or something, he would get embarrassed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember my par- my dad watching it sometimes, but I got into it probably like post just right after college. My husband and I would watch it all the time. I That's my favorite kind of humor. Like I, we love Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's so good. I've only watched like one episode. I, I just happened to uh, catch that like a while ago. I didn't really, wasn't really paying attention, but I've heard that it's, that it's a good show. It's Do you so have good. other ones or is that like your main one that you like? 
Um, okay, so I think that Seinfeld is like my all-time like comfort show. Like if I yeah. just need to zone out and just like forget about the world, I will just I can zone out on Seinfeld. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, if you haven't watched Ted Lasso, I've been telling the world you have to watch Ted Lasso. It's new. It's on Apple I'll TV. It it's so good. It's just like feel good, but it's comedy. Um, Jason Sudeikis is is the main character, and yeah, but Seinfeld like old school. I mean, in, in everyday life, I come up with scenarios where I'm like, yep, that's a Seinfeld episode all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> how, oh, I'm, like, here, I'll give I'm, an example. Uh, I posted something on this, like, neighborhood Facebook page the other day. I was trying to sell this old hutch that um, was my great grandma's. And two people commented, and the, the second commenter was a neighbor. And I was like, well, I want to give it to the neighbor because I want it, I like, sentimentally want it close to me and glenn my husband's like just skip to the neighbor then um and i'm like no that's illegal you can't skip to the next person you have to go in order and i was like this is a seinfeld episode because okay this is what would be happening elaine would be trying to skip to the neighbor george would be on the garage sale site like trying to haggle somebody on a price and then Kramer would know the person that, that Elaine was trying to skip on the site and like cause a problem with that. And then Jerry would just be off doing his own thing. Um, but yeah, I, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I think about scenarios like that all the time. I'm so obsessed. Do you, do you watch the office? We, yeah, we used to watch the office back in the day for sure. Yeah. I, I've watched just a couple episodes. I've never really like watched the whole thing, but people said that the office is like better than both. So I, I can't attest to that because I haven't watched the office, but people, I think like, especially like millennials, they say the office uh-huh. is better than Seinfeld. I'm like, slow your roll. Hold yeah. On. I disagree. I disagree. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that would be a good, yeah. a good lighthearted binge for sure. If you haven't watched it. Yeah. Um, okay. So if you could have coffee, tea or cocktail with anybody fun, motivating or inspiring, who would it be? Um, Michael Jordan. Mm. Did you watch The Last Dance? I did. Yeah. Did you I love it? I thought that was like the most like, oh, it was it was fascinating. Like to just be inside of like his head because nobody's ever gotten that like uh, um, close to, you know, understand like his, his mindset and like, you know, what he thought or what he said or so I was just I was just I was blown away. And I think maybe some people's opinion like changed of him after watching that. I think people thought he was more brash and um, harsh on his teammates than, you know, cause I think everyone portrayed him as like this, like great guy and stuff. And, but he, he wasn't behind the scenes. He wasn't as maybe great as the guys people thought, but mm. the dude was just a winner. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And my, one of my things that I thought was like, it was crazy was when he went, when uh, Rodman was in, in Vegas, when he went on like the, the little weekend getaway and Jordan went to Vegas to find Rodman you know, in this hotel oh. and such so as, yeah. And, um, he said there was like, you know, stripper in his room or whatever. And there was all this other stuff. And, um, it was just crazy that, you know, you're a superstar like Michael would like go and, you know, make sure his teammate gets back. And, um, see, I just, I just think it would, it'd be awesome to, uh, you know, meet him and, um, just a winner and he's, he's the goat. What else can I say? Mm. Yeah, I was thinking about when you said, did he go to Dennis Robbins Hotel to make sure he was like, hey, whatever you're doing now, like, we're still playing tomorrow in the morning or like, we're still practicing at like 6am. So you better get your shit together. 
Yeah, because like I, I think he said he was only being gone for like a few days or whatever, or like forty eight hours or something, and it was either it gotten past that point or close to it. And Michael went there and and uh, and and got him out of there. And I think that one of the women in his room, I think it was Carmen Electra. I, I, I can't <laughs> say for certain, but I'm pretty sure that was one of the women that was. And I I say one of the women. I think there was more than one in his in his room. But um, it was just it was a it was a wild team and uh, um. Yeah, I think it'd be cool to, to meet him. Dennis Robin would actually be somebody fun to meet, too. Mm-hmm. Definitely an interesting character, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, my husband was obsessed with the... I mean, when that last dance came out, he was like, the world stopped. Like, that is what our house was doing. The kids were getting to bed because he wasn't going to miss like it playing in real time. <laughs> I've never seen two hours like disappear so quickly uh-huh. with when you're watching that. Just because there was like, are there any commercials and... You know, you're just so into it just because uh-huh. it's not even nothing nobody had ever seen before. Yeah. And like it's Mike freaking Jordan, you know? Yeah, that's cool. Um, okay, what's your what's your one message to send to our audience today? Be kind. Mm-hmm. I know we, we, we touched on that before. Um, be kind to people. And um, I remember like the one of the, the I had a sign in my 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 room when I was in like first grade and there was it hung in front of the room and it said the golden rule it says treat others, you know, the way you want to be treated. And I think it's um, kind of common sense you know, as you get older to, you know, follow by that. But I think people have forgotten that, you know, and and especially like on, on social media, people have just gotten like vicious with, mm-hmm. you know, how they, they lash out against people that, you know, maybe don't see things eye to eye or, you know, they're at the store and maybe the, the cashier's taking too long and then they lash out on them or something. And, and it's just, is it really all worth it, you know, to be a, to be a dick and it's, it's not. And, um, you just never know what someone's going through, you know, during the day and, you know, what that person is, is going, gone, going at home, you know, at their job, you know, financially, everyone's got the struggles that they're doing, that they're going through. So just, just be kind to people is my, my message I can say for people. I love that. I want to read this tweet that I retweeted really quick and we'll, we'll um, do Patreon because it just, it goes by, it goes off of what you just said. Uh, open up Twitter. It's connected. I, I hear the I hear the static static again on the. Really, I hope that it doesn't show up in the interview. Shoot. Oh, okay. This is what I retweeted. I said, "We are all human. We all make mistakes. It's important to remember we are not perfect. Empathy and patience are superpowers." That was from Kyle Lacey, and I retweeted it because, and that goes with your urgent care situation yeah, like too. That. Yeah. Yeah, like that. All right, friends, thanks for being here. You can get 10 extra minutes with Patrick about some coaching questions uh, if you go to patreon.com slash Lindsay Hine. Thanks, everybody. Hey, friends, thanks so much for being here today. I really appreciate you tuning in. Thank you, Patrick, for coming on the podcast and sharing your story. That was so much fun. Don't forget, friends, to go to sweatybuddy.com slash another and use the promo code another at checkout to save 20%. And if you are interested in hearing more podcasts from me, I don't know how you could possibly want more. There's already so much out there. Um, I host another podcast for parents called Why Is Everyone Yelling? That is a passion project of mine, and I'm having so much fun and learning so much from my guests over there. If you want to check it out for the first time, I highly recommend episode 16 with Wendy Snyder on redirecting behavior and designing intentional consequences. 
Uh, also love my episode with Katie Arnold, who is actually the Western States 100 Mile Champion from 2018. We talk about raising adventurous kids in episode nine. In episode eight, I talked to Miranda Anderson about having less stuff but more adventure. And I don't know if anybody's uh, kids have watched Emily's Wonder Lab on Netflix. It's an amazing science show. Uh, but she was episode one, Emily Calandrelli, and she's a, an amazing guest. So go check that out if you haven't done so. I think it's really good. I'm proud of it. Go check it out. Uh, all right. You can find me on Instagram, lindsayhine626. You can find me on Twitter, at lindsayhine. And you can find me on Facebook. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Heim. Thanks for being here. Have a really great rest of your Friday, a wonderful weekend, and I will see you next Friday.